I'm really excited that we to have Margaret Nagib, who is uh, my friend, first and foremost, Andrew and I's friend, and also has been a counselor, therapist, coach uh, for me specifically for the last couple of years. She has been just such a gift to our lives, and we got to spend some time with her in Reading. And I, um, I, I can honestly say, like, I just uh, so thankful that we got to meet her. She has uh, really, over the last uh, couple of years, helped me walk through some personal things that you know, personal difficulty that I've I've been walking through, and just helping me to get more clarity around the way I walk with Jesus. And I just like my, I'm convinced that there's not a better therapist on the planet anywhere in the world. And she's also just a person who walks with the Holy Spirit. And, and so whenever we, I talked to her, when we had the opportunity to bring her on to talk about how you do this, um, this time specifically in a healthy way. Um, I just felt like we could uh, pass up on that opportunity because while th- be reopening at some point like there is there is a new there i don't know that returning to normal is going to be um in the cards for us for some time and so i'm just super super thankful she's a gift to our lives and i know she's a gift to the to the body and i really appreciate her wisdom and and so um yes you can clap silently at, at home for Margaret, we're, uh, I'm going to hand it over to her. And at the end of the time, um, we're going to take some questions. It's a little while because she, she's been sort of, um, she's given a couple of talks on Zoom about just how to walk through this time in a healthy way and what God has been saying. And so anyway, uh, let's make sure she is unmuted and I will hand it over to Margaret. Can you hear me, Jordan? Yes, I can hear you. You're good. Awesome. Hey, everybody. It's so nice to be with you. Um, it's kind of fun doing worship where you can like sing and nobody can hear you. I don't know if you guys were thinking about that when you were doing worship, but thank you, Zane, right? Worship was so awesome. And this is like, I have to say a therapist dream where I can just talk and you can't talk back. I, you know, sometimes I dream about that. Most of the time I'm doing the listening. So this is a little different being the one doing the talking, but um, I'm super excited to be here. And if you could um, please put best therapist in the world on a t-shirt and send it to me, I would really appreciate that for those days. I'm not feeling like the best therapist because we have our days too, but um Yeah, as I was talking to Jordan about meeting with you guys and what to talk about, you know, the reality is because of what I do, everyone's asking me, you know, how are you doing? How are your clients doing? How are you thinking about this? And so I'm really just gonna um, share from my heart about what God's been telling me, what I'm noticing, what I'm learning. And and maybe invite you to some discussion, invite you to um, do your own work because we have all of this time on our hands. The other thing I'm noticing is I go to schedule clients. They're all telling me the same thing. They're like, whenever you want to meet Dr. DeGib, I can meet. My schedule is clear. So we all have a lot of time and it feels like a huge invitation. 
So I'm going to share with you the invitation God has given me, and then I'm going to invite you to think about what God may be inviting you to, if you don't already know. So, um, you know, when we first, I guess it was six weeks ago now, when we were all asked to start sheltering in place, and I knew I had to begin to stay at home instead of go to my office and and things like that, um, I decided to just sit with the Lord and uh, talk to him about it because I don't know about you, but I actually don't like watching the news. I haven't really watched the news in years. And um, there's really good things about that. And then there's really humbling things about that when you're like at a dinner party and people are talking about things that literally just happened and you just kind of like, you, know, you, you pull out your phone and Google it real fast because you're kind of clueless. So I decided in similar fashion to go to God first. And, um, and also because I was really thinking about my clients who are going to come to me and want to talk about what's happening. But God told me this really interesting thing. The very first thing he told me uh, was super practical, super simple, which I appreciate that. And this is what he said. He just said three words. He said, quarantine your mind. You know, follow quarantine, do all the things that, you know, authorities are telling you to be protected and to protect others. And what I'm asking you to do is quarantine your mind. So we were dialoguing about this. What does this look like? And, you know, it's this reality that um, there's so much information running around, there's fear there's questions, there's uncertainty. And so God said, I want you to protect your mind the way you're protecting your body. And I want you to wash off those things that you quickly notice are like a virus to you. And he was speaking my language as a therapist, because that's most of my work with people is helping them with their thoughts. And in the Bible, the wisdom is in the Bible. The, the, you know, God figured it out first. Psychology figured it out after that as a person thinks, you know, so they go. And so the first thing um, I want you to think about and get aware about is what have your thoughts been around? Um, oh, I don't know how to turn that off. What have your thoughts been around the, the coronavirus and everything that's going on and how it's affecting your world? So fun fact, um, you have up to 80,000 thoughts a day, 80,000 thoughts. That's in addition to all the thoughts coming at you, right? From the news, from the media, from other people, 80,000 thoughts. And my question to you is, which one's your favorite? What's the one that, cause you know, we tend to have a few that we like to ruminate over if you're anything like me. So what's the one that's been your favorite? And is it something that's beneficial or is it something that's not beneficial? So the first thing is just to stop, be aware, think about your thinking. And uh, we actually have a fancy name in psychology for this. It's called metacognition. And it's this really amazing ability that humans have to be able to think about their own thinking. And because we can think about our own thinking, we can change our thinking. That's the beautiful thing about it. But another fun fact, in spite of the fact that we have this amazing ability to think about our thinking, um, up to 90% of your thoughts are negative. 
on any given day. So super humbling <laughs> that that's the case, that even though we can think about our thinking, even though you know, the Bible says to hold every thought captive, that 90% of our thoughts are negative. And during this stressful time, um, I think it's even harder. It's even harder to kind of recognize our thoughts because uncertainty causes stress. It just does. There's no way about it. Our brains don't like uncertainty. In fact, our brains will find an answer even if it's not a true answer, even if it's an answer that causes us lots of fear, your brain would either have an answer, would rather have an answer than live in uncertainty. And yet no time in our lives have we ever lived in uncertainty like today. And it doesn't seem like the uncertainty is going away anytime soon. So I think it's really important, number one, to ask yourself, what are my thoughts? And just be super diligent about your thoughts the way you are super diligent about what did I just touch and do I need to go wash my hands? Um, because when we live in fear, it actually keeps us from being able, it's not that we can't hear the voice of God, but it's really hard to hear God's voice when we're fearful and it affects our whole being. You know, it affects our bodies. Do you know that like when you're in fear, it is actually suppresses your, your immune system, which right now you want your immune system to be hundred percent, right? You want to be eating right. You want to be resting. You want your immune system to be strong. Um, and fear actually negatively affects our body just as it affects our mind. And we struggle, right? To have a good immune system when we live in fear. Um, and then spiritually, you know, when we're struggling with fear and stress and uncertainty, um, really it's, it comes against our identity. That's when we start to forget who we are, you know, in Christ and who God wants to be to us. So here's another question to ask yourself after you've asked yourself, um, you know, what thoughts am I having during this time and how do I need to address them? Um, or sometimes it's the other way around. Sometimes you have to start with the feeling, you know, what am I feeling right now? And then what's the thought that's creating that feeling? So if you're having fear right now, it's created by a thought. Feelings are always a byproduct of a thought. So you have the feeling and then you have to ask yourself, what's the thought that I'm having? And is it true? Is it true? Can I 100% know that this is true? And is it in alignment with what I know to be my identity? Um, in Christ and what God's, what God's telling me. So last question kind of around quarantining your quarantining, is that a word? Quarantining your mind <laughs> and your thoughts and your emotions and being really connected to what you're thinking and feeling right now is um, I want you to start by asking God the question, because this was the second thing that he told me after he said quarantine your mind. He started talking to me about who he wanted to be to me during this time. So the question I would encourage you to ask is, you know, Father God, who do you want to be to me during this time? Because that question is going to get you linked back to number one, God's identity, that he's bigger than all of this. But even more important, it's going to show you the invitation that he has for you in the midst of this. And there's always, an, there's always an invitation in the midst of crisis from God. It's always an invitation. So 
ask him, who do you want to be to me during this time? And I went ahead and extended that because I was curious for my clients. I was curious for my friends and family. So after I talked to God about you know, who he wanted to be to me, um, the next question I asked him is, who do you want to be to my friends? Who do you want to be to my family? And then finally, this was a really fun, fun's not the right word, but this was a really amazing time with God when I asked him, now God, who do you want to be to the world in the midst of this? Who do you want to be to the world in the midst of this crisis? So three questions, who do you want to be to me? Who do you who do you want to be to my friends and family? And then who do you want to be to God? So um, I really do believe that, you know, God, of course, didn't cause this, but he's, it's happening. He's allowing it. And um, there's an invitation in it. Um, but I also believe that he has prepared you for it. He wouldn't send you in this battle without preparing you for it. So I want you to think about, you know, we started hearing about all this in, I don't know, February, January. It got really real, you know, in March. I want you to think about the season before this, the six months, seven months before this. And what, what were you learning? What was God putting on your heart? What was God having you read in the scripture? Because chances are whatever you were learning in this prior season, the months prior, is something that now he wants to even expand further. And I only say that because that's what he told me. <laughs> so I'm sharing it with you. I can only share with you what he himself is teaching me. And so the next thing he, he talked to me about after we talked about who he wanted to be in the midst of this was, what have you been learning? What have you been learning? And, and hey, guess what? There's some, there's, there's wisdom now in, in using what you learned now in this, now in this current season. So what I had been focusing on, I was, I don't know why, probably because God led me there, but I was obsessed for the last seven months with James one. I, I still can't really read anything um, when I go to read my Bible, but James one and God was using James one to really challenge me on a few things, um, one of the things he was challenging me on was my personal promises. And these promises that I feel like I personally received from God, but then really struggling to see the manifestation or the fulfillment of those promises. So I wanna pull out James 1, if you have it, pull it out, because I'm gonna read several of the scriptures from there and reference them. And um, I don't know if you guys are familiar, but I'm actually going to be reading from the mirror translation. Has anyone heard of the mirror translation? Wave at me. Jordan, of course. <laughs> it is pretty awesome. Um, I was reading the Passion before, which is awesome. And you know, the first time you read the, okay, Passion translation, how many people are familiar with that one? Okay, more. Well, yeah, a couple more. I'm seeing my own hand and forgetting it's my hand. <laughs> okay. Um, so I, I think whenever a new translation comes out, it helps us see the scripture in a new way. So this one has been really great. And um, so James 1.2, James 1.1 is just an introduction. But James 1.2 says this, temptations and contradictions come in different shapes, sizes, and intervals. Their intention is always to suck you into their energy field. However, my brothers, 
Your joy in who you know you are leads you out triumphantly every time. And so God was using this scripture, and I love that he, he doesn't just use temptations and trials, but he actually uses the word contradiction. So once again, our personal promises and yet not seeing the manifestation of that, that's about uncertainty. That's about contradiction. You know, here we are in this world and then we're seeing this major thing happen outside of us. That's about um, contradiction about between what we know about the kingdom of God and what we're seeing actually happen in humanity. And here James is saying, your temptations and your contradictions are going to come. They're going to come in every shape. They're going to come every size. They're going to come at different intervals. And the joy in knowing who you are is what's going to lead you out of those contradictions. You know, not only lead you out, but lead you out triumphantly every time. And so he was really challenging me to, um, to take my contradictions to him. One three goes on to say this, here's the secret. Joy is not something you have to fake. It is the fruit of what your faith knows to be true about you. So even in the midst of this crazy time, when I am connected to the truth of who I am, which is protected, provided for, because I'm not even thinking about the higher level truths at this point, because I don't know if you guys remember Psychology 101, remember studying Maslow's hierarchy of needs, but like our basic needs are protection, shelter, provision. And right now with COVID, that's what the enemy is going after. The enemy is going after not our higher level spiritual enlightenment needs. He's going after our basic needs. And that's what's being threatened is our basic needs. And so the key to that is remembering who I am in Christ. And right now it's like, okay, I am provided for. He supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory. And that's what's going to take us out of this triumphantly is remembering who we are around even our basic needs. Um, and then it goes on to say, you know that the proof of your faith results in persuasion that remains constant in contradiction. So quarantine your mind. Why? Because nobody, everybody is living in uncertainty right now everyone, everyone, no one knows how this is going to play out. No one knows from day to day how to really deal with this virus. We're all doing the best that we can, but our faith can remain constant in that contradiction. And then I want to jump to um, verse five, because this was really the verse that God honed in on, on me with dealing with me and my personal promises that have yet to be fulfilled. James 1.5. So many translations say, um, I'm trying to think how they usually say it. Um, they usually say, you know, ask for wisdom. The, the mirror translation says, um, the only thing you could possibly lack is wisdom. Think about it. When you, when you are connected with your identity as a believer, you don't live in lack. You know that you don't live in lack. So if, if you needed anything, if you lacked anything as a believer, it's wisdom. And then it says, go to the author of wisdom, go to the source of wisdom, God, who gives to us generously. 
So in my personal promises way back in 2019, God was saying, stop talking to this person, stop getting another word, stop looking for another sign, walk straight into the throne room, stop stop even going to your own thoughts. You know, so I, I talked to you earlier about metacognition and the ability to think about your thinking and analyze it and come to a good conclusion. He was saying, don't even do that. Stop with metacognition. That's great. But go to the source, walk right into my throne room and ask me, bring all of it to me, bring the feelings and the confusion and the disappointment and the wonderment and the uncertainty about your personal promises to me and ask me for wisdom. Um, So that was just an amazing, 2019 was an amazing year for me of doing that. And it wasn't fun. (laughs) It wasn't fun because I had to get real with God about how I felt. And if you're anything like me, I just face through it. Like I I will feel a little disappointment, but then I'll tell myself, because I'm very logical, that, well, God knows. And so God's way is best. And so if this hasn't happened yet, it's okay. Like next year, how many of you do that? Like every year, it's like next year, this will happen. And God, you know, called me on the carpet and was just like, yes, stop that. You're not being real with me. Stop faithing is what he said. And get in my presence, feel your feelings, and then come to me for wisdom. No other source. Stop asking for words. Stop this, stop that. So in this time we, where we all live in uncertainty, we are all connected in our uncertainty. And in our uncertainty, we are realizing just how connected we are. This virus is showing us the illusion is gone, that you're over there in your country and you're over there in your religion, you're over here. The illusion is broken, that we are not super connected and that what I do and think doesn't affect you. Absolutely, everything I do affects you. And nothing has shown us that like this virus has shown us that. So um, my, my exhortation to you is nobody knows anything. Be discerning, you know, get the news that you need to, to do things, but be discerning. There are times when I turn on the news and it's like within five minutes, it's like dripping fear. And I, I can't, I just, I can't, I turn it off. And then there's other times when I turn on certain things or hear certain things and I feel empowered. It's information. Our mind needs information, you know, to feel empowered, to know what to do, but be discerning. And ultimately just go into the throne room, hang out with God and feel all of it. Think all the crazy thoughts, because um, I actually think the word there in the Greek, when it talks about wisdom is this word that means intertwine. And it's this, it's this picture that James is painting that when you go into throne room and you ask for wisdom and you come with your thoughts that are limited, that are human, that are prone to error, God will intertwine his, like a braid, will intertwine his wisdom with your thoughts. But you have to come to him with your thoughts in order to to gain that wisdom. Okay, anything else I want to add from here? Um, Further down in five, it says, The wisdom that comes from above, this is so good. The wisdom that comes from above remains unaffected by the contradictions of the senses. So once again, your mind doesn't like uncertainty and God's going to tell you stuff during your time in, in talking to him and letting him give you wisdom. He's going to tell you things 
And then you're gonna have the contradiction of what's actually happening out in the world. But it says here that the wisdom that comes from above will remain, it will remain unaffected by what your senses, your body, your humanness, your mind is picking up. Um, and that's huge right now. It's that knowing, it's that you know that you know that you know that God has spoken to you, that he's given you peace, even though there's still that darn contradiction being picked up constantly, you know, by your senses. So I want to leave you with a few more questions and then I think I'll be done, but we can do whatever, whatever um, Jordan has next. I'm going to read these to you. There's a few of them. Um, I have them on my Instagram page. If you don't catch them all or we'll link them or something, but let me pull them up. So that main first question was about God. God, who do you want to be to me in the midst of this? These are now questions you get to ask of yourself with God about who God, how God wants to grow you personally in the midst of this. So the first question is, um, who do I want to be when this world reopens to me? The invitation during this time is to break out of your automatic thinking, your automatic ways of doing things that were that were both consistent with your identity and those things that were not consistent with your identity. When your world stops, it's an invitation to see what you were attached to that was good and part of your values and part of who God has called you to be. And it's a little sobering because you will quickly see what you're attached to that is not part of your identity. It's part of who you think you are versus who you really are. So these are questions to help you with that. So one is, who do I want to be when the world reopens to me? Um, two is, what is a greater expression of myself? Um, and what way will I choose to express that today? So this doesn't have to start when COVID ends, but what would actually be a greater expression of who I actually am? Not who I just think I am, but who I actually am. And what can I do today to live more out of that? more of that expression of who I really am. Um, the third is, what is it that's stopping me from believing in my future? Fourth, um, what attachments, and attachments is a psychological word, that's why I use that word. What attachments will I release to expand into that greater expression? So in order to go deeper into who you actually are, you have to dismantle who you think you are. And that's what I'm talking about. What are those things that I'm realizing this has caused me to realize I'm attached to that's really not who I am? And how, how do I want to go about and how does God want to go about releasing that? And then finally, who can I forgive? Because our attachments are always attached to wounds usually. And then how can I love more? We can't go wrong in um, this time. When I think about how do I help? How do I, re what do I do, God? Do I give money? <laughs> do I go volunteer? Like I just, how God? And actually the answer God said to me was think about how you can love more. And I love that because that's, how can I love you more? Like right now, who's the person in front of me? And if I can just focus on how do I love more, the answers to what do I do to, to be responsible and to contribute during this time will come. Um, to service. So let me pray for you guys. And then um, I'll bring Jake, uh, Jordan back. So God, I thank you so much for the people of Clear Path. I thank you for their commitment to you. I thank you for their love for you. I thank you for their love for each other and for their community. 
Um, Lord, I thank you that you have a very distinct invitation for clear path during this time. There's something that you want to be to clear path that maybe you've never even been before. And there's something for each individual person that you want to be to them that maybe you've never been before. So right now, Father God, I just declare that that door is opening, that that domino is dropping, and that there will be just an exponential revelation of who you want to be to the people of Clear Path um, today. And Lord, I thank you um, for the, the invitation you have to us as a community. So I pray for that as well, that you will bind them together as a community, bind them together in love, and um, just keep them safe. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. That was, that's amazing. Uh, writing some, down some of those questions. Did you grab grab them? If, if you did, Bree, would you would you mind reposting them on the chat? Um, Excellent to you. And, and you messed up. What did you want me to do? It could you. Um, did you did you take those notes? I saw you taking notes when she was writing questions. Um, if you got some of those questions, we repost them. Margaret, would you mind posting them in the chat at the end of this? If she missed some yeah, of them, yeah, sure. I just texted them to you. Okay, you did just check texted me. Okay, all right. I'm gonna have I'm gonna have Andrea drop these in. One of the things I just want to encourage everybody to do um, is Margaret in my experience helps me ask good questions um so that you know that's kind of the gift of what a counselor often can do is ask good questions and so what i would encourage you to do is take these questions print them out like take them off of a digital screen print them out or you know and go um find a place to ask these questions with yourself or um they, they, these would be really helpful for you in sorting through what God is saying. So that kind of leads me to my first question. And if you have questions, you can send through in the chat. Um, I'm gonna, I am gonna take a little bit of asking Margaret some questions. I know a couple of the questions that I've, will be helpful for people. And so I wanna ask you those. What, um, one of the things that you have done um, for me um, is you've helped me sort through what God's actually dealing with me on or what he's actually speaking to me or like what's pertinent for the season. Mm -hmm. um, and I think sometimes we overemphasize seasons and that sort of thing. But mm -hmm. I think that, that you, you know, you have helped me sort through um, what God is speaking to me where I'm at. What would you say would be your like suggestion for people? who don't have that resource um, for sorting through. Cause I, th I think that's one of the biggest difficulties is actually sorting through the noise to find out what God is saying and what he is dealing with you. How would you suggest for somebody in their process of talking with God to sort through what he is um, dealing with them on, speaking to them on in the season? Yeah, um, I think when it's hard to sort, it's because we're in the emotion of it. And so, but that's not a bad thing. So I think I would say start with what's the kind of emotion that you're struggling with right now? And then what's the thought 
attached to that emotion. And then that will be the key as to kind of what you need to work on, what you need to talk about. But um, find someone that you know you can talk to about this stuff, who wants to dig deep as well, who wants to partner with you and, um, you know, have Zoom with them. <laughs> if they're in your house, that's great. But like, I, I do think we need each other right now and we need to be, it, it's helpful to process with each other. And so find someone, find someone that you can sit down with who will pray, who will pray with you, who will sit there in God's presence with you. Um, I do that a lot when I'm trying to ask God something that's emotional for me. And I, it's like, I can't get past what I think God's going to say that I'm afraid he's going to say. And so I will sit with someone and I call them my point blank questions where I've, I, I discipline myself to ask God the hard question that I'm afraid to ask but I'll do it with someone in the room because it keeps me accountable. Like, and I'll say to the person, I'm going to ask this to God right now. I'm going to ask point blank and I'm just going to take the answer he gives me. And I need you in the room to, to just support me in that. Um, Cause sometimes when we're cluttered, it's, it actually keeps us from asking God the hard questions. That's really good. I, I think that we have this um, maybe narrow frame understanding of God speaking to us like, like, on the on the straight line to heaven and like i found that like maybe the majority of god speaking he's speaking confirming doing it with people you know like the we have the whole idea of our father my father and i think like that's one of the things that takes you to another level of of hearing his voice and walking in his voice is is the encounter um with others you know sorting that's really good. Um, so let me let me ask you that. So uh, this, the, I would say one of the first things that you've helped me do is exactly that. It's just like this active listening of hearing God, figuring out like what is He highlighting, and you know what is what is He not highlighting? What is He highlighting? And then the other the, uh, one of the other things that you've helped me with is developing rhythms. Um, that are connected to the convictions that he's putting inside inside of me or inside of your clients. How would you um, talk talk with us a little bit about developing rhythms that are connected to what God is doing in you as a person, like in a healthy way to go about that? Yeah, uh, I'm just curious. How many people struggle with developing rhythms? Okay. Um, what's the biggest struggle to developing your rhythm? If you had to say, why is that? Every, almost everyone raised their hands, I think. Um, I find that I, it's breaking out of my patterns that are already set, right? It's like when Paul says, why do I do the things that I don't want to do and the things I want to do, I don't do. And amazingly, one of the gifts of this time is it has completely disrupted our patterns. It's disrupted our rhythms. So there's no time like, like you have right now to actually create new rhythms with God because it's disrupting your current rhythms. And it's also, if, if, if you ask him and you're aware, it's also showing you what's, what's not working, what's not working. So I think it has to start first, Jordan, with like a really honest look at 
where you want to move forward. And God's not going to push you. He's not going to rush you. Like you have to, you have to go deep and say, and you have to get to that point where like, I'm sick of that. I'm sick of that pattern. I'm sick of this. I'm sick of this way of thinking that has kept me from these rhythms that are in alignment with who I really am and what God has for me. So you have to start there and then notice what brings you peace. Like what are the things um, you and I talk a lot about rule of life. And one of the goals of a rule of life is when you align, when you, you know, you've properly aligned your values with your schedule, when you wake up in the morning and you feel freer, you feel more energy, you feel at peace. So what are those things that are in alignment with my values that when I do them, bring me peace and start small, just start, pick one or two of those and just, you know, be committed, be committed to those things um, and be talking to God about it, talking to your family about it. Um, I would start there. Yeah. That's like, we, we've talked a lot about rule of life and then and I've talked about it with others as well. And like one of, I feel like one of the biggest mistakes that, that I see people make, and I'd be curious if, if you probably see this as well. It's like, like people will want to do the overhaul and mm -hmm. it's like, I'm going to fix every part of my life that I don't like and mm -hmm. overnight. And that lasts like 2.9 seconds. And then there's like a lot of discouragement for making change. Yeah. And, and so for me, it's, uh, yeah, it's felt more sustainable to do things in pro in process because God is dealing with us. Yeah, and the challenge there, if you find yourself in that, which we all do, then you're not actually connected with what the value is. In that moment, you're, connect you're connected with something else. You're connected with perfectionism. Yep. You're connected with some idea of what you should look like, which is the very thing you don't, that, that's the thing I'm saying that God's trying to disrupt tonight right now. Is this what I should be? versus who I really am, who you really am flows out of you. And when you do it, you'll feel peace. You'll want to do it more. Um, it's not that it may not take some discipline and ordering your life and your time, but it should bring peace. It should be, it should bring expansion of like, Oh my God, I feel like I'm really who I am. And I feel more joyful and I feel more love versus like this, like regimented thing that I'm doing to be, I don't know super spiritual or whatever. So, so would you say that, I'm just curious for myself, would you say that is like shame? Like that, like even when you're trying to like do something really good and it's just like you're overdoing it, that really it's not the value, it's the shame talking. Totally, totally. And watch for, it's kind of like playing taboo. Like you look for those things and then you buzz the person. <laughs> like watch for thoughts around two things. Who do you think you are? Some version of who do you think you are or some version of I'm not good enough. Mm. And um, you could definitely have a shaming rhythm based on I'm not good enough. And so I should do this, 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 and this, you know, but it only creates more anxiety than it does peace or expansion. Oh, that's, that's really good. And I like, I mean, like, when you name it, it's kind of, you can see it going on, but, um, yeah, yeah that, that's a, that's, it's really interesting that like, and I think maybe the, maybe the encouragement there is that we're patient with our, you know, patient with ourselves. Is yeah, and there's so much clues right now. So I was actually felt a little shamed in the beginning when I would tell people I'm actually kind of enjoying quarantine. 
on some level. Has anyone felt that? Anyone like, I kind of like it? Okay, that is a huge clue about something that's true about who you really are, that God's inviting you to, not just while you're in quarantine, but forever. <laughs> so figure out what it is. And it could be something really simple. Um, I, I started cooking because I had to, <laughs> you know, and then I came to find like, wow, this is so relaxing to me. Like, what is it about cooking? Oh my God, I feel like God's teaching me something. Oh my God, I feel like I'm feeling God's goodness. I'm eating this beautiful, juicy thing that I created and I'm feeling God's goodness in it. How, why, how's that happening? Right. And so he was showing me how I had gotten so off track and how through little things every day, like cooking a really nice meal, how he wants to show me his goodness and how I was missing out on that because I had thought I needed to do X, Y, and Z. And so who needs boundaries around mealtime because all of these other things are so much more important. So look for those things right now that you go, wow, I actually like this. That's a clue to a rhythm that you lost sight of that you can bring back. Mm, that's, that's really good. Um, Like the idea that um, we're just here enduring this, you know, versus um, this is a moment to steward mm -hmm. that God could be shaping new things. I, I really, I really appreciate that. And like, are, are there things that you do on a daily basis that help you see like the word alignment actually really sticks out to me. That stuck out to me the last couple of days. Um, are there things that you do on a regular basis that help you, if the answer is no, then that's fine, but that help you know, like that alignment that you're describing, that you, you are walking out of who God has shaped you to be, not out of shame or out of some other picture of yourself. Because I think for me, like a lot of times the biggest enemy to me walking out um, Christ-like identity is this... Um, idealized self that I create in my mind. That's like, Oh, who I hope to be, who I am on my best day. It's like, like, like there's, um, shame around that. Is that supposed to. Oh, I lost Jeff. Fine. Uh, I lost you there, but I think I understand your question. Um, well, the bridge between who you think you are and who you actually are is curiosity. So shame actually does the opposite. Shame, shame keeps me in who I think I should be, which is very anxiety provoking and shaming. But instead of shaming myself, if I get curious, like, oh, I wonder why I did that. I'm not crazy that I did that. I wonder why I did that. That's what gets you over the bridge to who you actually are. That's why I said what I meant about like, what are you noticing that feels good right now? And be curious about it and see where it brings you. But um, I mean, we know what alignment in our body looks like, right? We have energy, we're rested. Um, and I think alignment in my spirit, I'm learning more and more the power of joy and when I find myself kind of spontaneously joyful and not just like happy, but spontaneously joyful, which to me looks very, for me personally, looks very childlike. That's when I know I'm in alignment. And then sometimes I'll stop myself at some point, I'll enjoy it, but then I'll stop myself at some point or in retrospect go, what was it about that 
that I was just spontaneously um, look at kids. And that's why I love, love being around really little kids before they've gotten like this, all the, you should be this and you should be that. And they're just spontaneously who they are and they're just joyful. So I look back and I go, Ooh, what was it about that interaction? What was it about what I was doing that I just like spun when you get rid of the obstructions, it's there. Like if I can't see and I get rid of the obstructions, I see. It's the same thing with our soul and our spirit. There's obstructions. And when you get them, you naturally just bloom. And so catch yourself blooming. That sounds so therapist, but catch yourself blooming and you're in that natural state of joy. And then ask yourself, get curious and go, Ooh, what was that? What, what was that? Oh, I was doing poetry or I was painting or I was okay. Great. Like it's telling you something about who you actually are, what God put in you versus some idea of who you should be. Oh, that's good. 